to the second episode of The Handoff with Harrison Hamilton. I'm your host, Jeff Hamilton, Winnipeg Free Press football reporter. With me, Andrew Harris, running back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Beautiful day today. Wouldn't rather spend my day doing anything else but doing this dang podcast. Loving it. Having fun with you. Well, you know what? I think here we are. We are at beautiful Investors Group Field. Sun is shining. They liked our first podcast. We went on a, a couple different tangents. You were, you were openly honest. I thought you, to be honest with you, I thought you were surprisingly honest um, in, in your assessments. I, I always thought you were going to be, because I always saw you as a guy who was open and honest with, with media, but you know, also saw you as a bit of a, of a cliche guy, you know, a guy who was honest and insightful, but would revert to cliches. And you know what they say about cliches? They say they're only cliches because they're true. You kind of surprise yourself. Yeah, I mean, it might have been an environment. I mean, Joey's Keniston patio has that effect on people to open up a little bit. But uh, I mean, sometimes it's just an opportunity for me to open up and and you know get a little more insight of how I really feel in certain situations. And uh, you know, it was good to talk about some certain things. And I mean, then the day we're just having a conversation and enjoying ourselves. And to our, all our listeners out there, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I mean, this is uh, this is definitely a little bit. Uh, a little bit edgy, a little bit uh, off the cuff of your regular Andrew Harris interview. So, I mean, uh, that's what's great about it. You get to get to get to open up a little bit more and uh, and talk about some different topics. You know, we were talking off mic about how important it is today in today's day and age about being careful of what you say. You can't you can't just go out and spout everything. Someone can take your words, maybe misconstrue them, take take half a sentence. Do you kind of worry about that with media? Do you are you? I mean, are you you are a guy who is obviously a recognizable face in the city. You worry about what you say and 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 what you have to do kind of on a daily basis? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone is watching for you to say something, make a mistake, and, and that's the biggest thing. Everyone's going to talk about the negative thing you said or the controversial thing you said over the positive things. I mean, there's always so much positivity, and, and for the most part, a lot of, a lot of athletes and a lot of people in the public eye do a good job of, of being positive and saying the right things, but anytime you slip up, anytime there's that, that one little comment, People are gonna jump on that, and I mean that's what you guys get paid for. You you guys try to get those those tough questions in, force us to 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 call someone out or or, or get us in a situation where it, you know you want that juicy story, you want that that juicy those juicy details, and you, you you can definitely catch guys slipping. And I mean when it happens, you can't go back from that. You know even a tweet, yeah you can delete it, but once it gets retweeted or screenshot or saved, I mean that's there forever. So I mean you really gotta be careful about what you say, how you say it. Who you're, who you're talking about, and, and 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 there's a lot of respect, especially with players versus players. I mean, I feel like a lot of guys are, you know, they say a lot of things, and it's it's the same thing from from a fan standpoint. But you know, a lot of people say things on Twitter or on social media that they would never say to you in in person. I mean, even for me, I'll have a, a picture, or I'll get a tweet, or a comment, or something, and it, it's from a fan or it's from some some person sitting behind their computer. But I guarantee you, if I saw them in in person they'd be saying they'd be have a whole different tune right so i mean there's there's so many different layers to it and uh but absolutely i mean you know i've heard of heard of guys having conversations with reporters and uh then they take the phone away or the or the microphone and oh yeah off the record oh yeah off the record and and whatever that off the record quote unquote off the record is 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 mentioned after it's uh you know that's that's the headline that's that's the one that uh that's the juicy story that they want so I mean, it happens a lot, and, and guys got to be careful. To me, it sounds like maybe you've been burnt, Andrew. I don't know. Is there a time that you you, were, you did the old off-the-record move and, and they pulled the one over? I've definitely been misquoted, um, misquoted for sure. 
Uh, there's a guy in, 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 in Vancouver, actually. He doesn't work in the, in the business anymore, but... Uh, you took he, care of that or what? Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got him fired. <laughs> He's swimming with the fishes now. <laughs> no, no, uh, but uh, it's funny, though, because like, some reporters will, will ask you a question or they'll say, it would be fair to say, and then they'll say something, and if you just agree and say yes, it's like, oh, Andrew Harris said this or whoever said this, but really they said it, and you might have agreed, but then also added your opinion or your comment to it after. But all they're going to take is, yes, that's what he said. He agreed to this. But they're not actually taking the fact that I might have said, yeah, but, or yes, and added to it. Um, and just out of context. I mean, you look at the biggest one for me is Allen Iverson when he's, he's talking about practice. And, uh, I mean, everyone knows that, knows that, whatever, 30-minute clip of him saying, we're talking about practice, not the game, we're talking about practice. But no one really realizes that that was a five minute interview where he's talking about, you know, a family issue that he had to deal with and, you know, how, how he loves the game so much and how he shows up and, you know, in and out. And he's always, he's gone, he goes to practice and he, and he, and he plays so hard. And I mean, if, if I was in a situation where I missed practice for a, a big issue and the media was calling me out and I was just saying, you're talking about practice, you know, when I come to practice every day, I'm, I'm putting, I'm, I'm going hard. I'm, I'm going 110 on game day. I do the same thing, and I can see myself being in a situation where, again, you're talking about practice, but you know you don't realize that there was other issues that happened to that and 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 how it all led up. So I mean, it's it's everything in context. You got to get the full story, the full scope of things. Understand what was ex everything was said, but I mean, there's how many characters on Twitter? 140. 280 now. 280. Oh, 280. Now. They bumped it up. All right. Thank you, Twitter. But uh, I mean, there, there's there's so many little little blips of what people actually say uh, that that get taken out. And I mean, even even for us, you know, you they're gonna take the best or the juiciest little uh, sentence out of each uh, post game or pre game or whatever bit of media, and that gives you a bit of a, a sense of how the inter interview went. But then when you actually look at the whole the whole interview, you know, it could have gone a whole different way. So I mean, uh, everything just has to go in context. And I think a lot of people need to look more into what was actually said or what was actually happened before you know they jump all over somebody. You know, it's interesting you say that because I had no idea that the Allen Iverson had, I mean, I, I understood it had a greater context, but just the way it's being used now, it's all about referencing to, guys don't need to practice, you know, yeah. you know you're talking about, yeah, that's that, that's hilarious. But let's get to let's get to the game. We're a little bit off track now. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much on the game because I think you guys, 38-20 seemed like a dominating display, 19 points off turnovers uh, for them. So it wasn't exactly uh, an issue necessarily on offense or defense. I thought it was one of your more complete games and, and personally, for you, man. I mean, 27 carries, 161 rushing yards, your third consecutive 100-yard uh, rushing game. Are you just on, man? I mean, what is it? Because, I mean, you got banged up earlier in the season and you're, and you're still just you're trucking. Like, what, what are you in that, that groove or where are you right now? I mean, yeah, it was, it was a good game stats-wise, and uh, but honestly, that, that wasn't my best game of the year. That was, I missed a lot of, lot of things in the field and, and left a lot out there. And I mean, I think collectively, offensively, you know, we, we did play well. But uh, I mean, after after further review and watching the game, and even after the game, I didn't I didn't I felt good about the game, but I didn't feel great about it. And I mean, uh, and that's 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 positive and I'm optimistic about it because I mean, you, you can have a an outcome an outcome like that and and still feel like you you fell short. And, uh, that means you can always get better. So I mean, I'm, I'm still hungry and I'm um, I'm excited to get after um, you know another week and and you know to get out of that game healthy and and feeling good. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think I'm just in a zone right now. Um, I think my old line is playing lights out. They're doing doing so many great things for me and making my job a lot easier. And 
And uh, I think Lapo has just kind of gotten to agree with me as well as where he's comfortable with giving me the ball a little bit more and, and in those situations when we're up. And it just, it's just an accumulation of a bunch of different things kind of going right for me right now. So, I mean, uh, just got to stick with it and, and uh, keep working hard. And, I mean, I always say to continue to ch uh, chop wood and carry water and, and not just, you know, show up to practice every day and talk about practice. Show up to practice every day and, uh, and just keep grinding. And, uh, I mean, we, we have so many good guys that, that work so hard in this organization from, you know, the training staff to the coaches to the front office to you know all the guys on the roster and I'm just serving them by you know doing my part and 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 that is just you know sticking with it and and, and just grinding as, as, as hard as I can to continue to help the team win. I know it's never a head-to-head -head matchup and that's another media thing we always go it's you know it's Andrew Harris first their running back James Walbro but there was a little bit of beef with you and and James Wilder Jr. was it maybe beef is a little bit maybe that's me being media again and, and playing out something but didn't he say something to you last year about rushing yards or beating you or was there a bet or something yeah he he essentially uh challenged me to a a race to two two thousand yards and uh whoever whoever lost would have to donate to the to the to the winner's uh charity of choice and I just found it kind of comical because all offseason, I was t hearing this guy talk about money issues and how he has to feed his family. And I mean, by all means, we all have to feed our families. I mean, I, I have a family as well, and you know, you gotta live your life. But uh, I just found it funny that after all that, that gets his signing, get gets his deal, and and now he wants to put bets down. And I mean, again, he's a guy who yes had a great great nine games, and I, I did talk about this actually to Shinetti before the TSN game. I'm like, he's realizing that everyone knows how good he is now, and that they're gonna be keying on him. And that's 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 part of being a great player and, and overcoming that and understanding that. I mean, yeah, you when you first came into the league, you know, you came in halfway through the season and you know probably feeling pretty fresh. Now that everyone knows, you know how well you did when you when you when you got in those games and you played great. But now you got to overcome. You know that defenses are going to be trying to take your head off and they're they're keen on you and they're you know they realize that you're the focal point of the offense and it's not going to be as easy as it was when you first came in. And I mean, I feel like I had a bit of that too in 2011 when I first came in. No one was really covering running backs of the backfield that well. I think I had like five or six touchdowns, maybe more than that, and and receiving in in like six games or something like that. So, I mean, once teams realize what assets you bring, what kind of player you are, I mean. That's that's the biggest thing with with going against new players is you have no idea what they bring to the table. So I guess you're kind of under unprepared, and I think he just he's realizing now that uh, it's a little bit tougher to uh, to accumulate the yards as as, as he might have thought. I think the reason I bring up the uh, the head to head matchup, and I don't know I don't know if you guys went through with your bet or not. Did you go through with the bet? No, or we no? didn't. No, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, I, I understand there was something at CFL Week. I think he he told me in, in my sit down with him that he he talked with you, ironed it out, wanted to make sure that make sure it wasn't a didn't come across as him being disrespectful. He obviously has a ton of respect for you in this league, but the only reason I bring up the head-to-head -head matchup was you finished with a career-best 161 yards. And I'm going to go on a limb here and suggest maybe his was a career low of three carries for minus two yards for an average of minus 0.7 yards per carry. So maybe you get the last laugh of that one. Yeah, I mean... Uh and again, he, he he's a he's a great back by all means, and I mean, I just I think it's just uh, you know young guy coming out feeling himself a little bit much, and and he's gonna realize it's 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 tougher than than he might might have anticipated. So I mean, um, all the best to him after next week. But uh, I mean, again, I, I feel like he's very talented and, and definitely has all the uh, all the tangibles to to be great in this league. And 
but it's it's, it's going to take it's going to take an adjustment for to realize that you know again like I said it's it's not as easy as uh you know those those not, those nine games and no one knew who you, who you were when you first came in. You were saying it wasn't your best game. I I think I think you have a lot of your fantasy owners disagreeing with you. You got another touchdown through the air, obviously one on the ground as well. The 161 yards put you at a career total of 6,878 yards for your career, which surpassed John Cornish for second all-time among Canadians. I know we asked you after the game what that meant to you, but you kind of downplayed it. You said you wanted to wait a little bit on, uh, you know, you look you look back at those things in your career. Do you honestly wait? I mean, do you really wait for that? I mean, I get I get your mid-season, your six games in, but it's a pretty cool uh, situation to be in and, and position to pass a guy like John Cornish for second all-time. Yeah, I mean... I mean, after after the game, you kind of you kind of sinks in a little bit more. But I mean, you can't get too caught up on what you accomplished. I mean, because ultimately, man, this this is this is a team game, and and again, I, I didn't feel like I played my best game, and you know, to still have those ha- have had the type of game that I did, and to uh, to surpass, you know, one of the one of the greatest running backs in the league, in my opinion, um, the history of the league, in my opinion. But uh, I mean, again, it's just, it's just, it's just, I can't get too caught up on that. I got to focus on being successful again this week. And how can I, how could I have been better in that game? And I think if you're sitting there thinking about what you've done in your career and who you're passing or what records you're getting or what records you're chasing, you're, you're taking away from your teammates. You're taking away from, you know, all the, all that, all that hard work you put in throughout the week and, and you're focusing about yourself. And this football is the ultimate team game. And I mean, as a hockey player, you know, as a guy who played basketball in high school, one guy can when can take over a hockey game or a basketball game and and dominate where you know as, as good as you might be playing if your o line is not playing well and you're you know there's so many there's so many different tangibles to having a good game and having a good season and having a good career um you can't get too focused on on just yourself and what you've and what you've done in your body of work you got to focus on the guys that have 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 been there to help you out, and the guys that uh, and the guys you're playing through for throughout the next the next 18 game or the 18 game season. So I mean, for me, I'm just focused on those guys, and and uh, again, just getting after it this weekend. Normie Kwong. Kwong? Kwong. 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 Okay, Normie Kwong. Nine thousand twenty-two yards. He's first. You know, you're having a monster season. You're on projection. Let's. For 1,800 yards, I don't know. I'm not, I'm a journalist, so I'm not great at math, but leaves you open to kind of you want to play for years to come. You feel like 9,000 yards, 9,022 yards is in reach for you? Yeah, I mean, God willing, I mean, uh, staying healthy. I feel great. My body feels awesome. Um, I feel like our line and, and this team, um, you know, how I fit in with everyone. I think that's definitely achievable. So, I mean, again, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I can reach it, and we'll see if we'll get there. But again, it's it's all about uh, all about just winning right now. And I mean, for this year, winning the Great Cup is the most important thing. While you were setting records and making history, I was hitting rock bottom this weekend. Got home from Toronto. Road trips are always long. I mean, even if they're just a couple days, they they always seem long. And so I got home, settled into my couch, opened my phone, got skipped the dishes, and I made a decision that I felt I don't know. I didn't know if it was the most amazing decision ever or if it was. Again, my my uh, my fall to rock bottom, but I ordered KFC. Okay, that's what it was. KFC. I was wondering. What, what so everyone else was asking, but you, when I posted the picture, I posted it on my Twitter account at Jeff K Hamilton. Nice little Twitter plug. Nice Twitter plug. Yeah, it's on there. It says KFC at the top. I got an individual gravy. I got a super. I got a five-piece wing uh, combo with a upsize individuals upsize only 50 cents extra, which I thought just secured bag fries for me, to be honest with you. And I got an individual twister. Okay. And it got me thinking here. I mean, first of all, for those out there, 
it was delicious. It was insane. Are you a KFC fan or no? I am a KFC fan. Yeah, who isn't? But it got me thinking about, you know... I Honestly, I just like the skin. If they could just send me a bucket of the skin, or like the fried, whatever that goodness is, I'll just... That'd, that'd, be, a, that'd be a good meal right there. I'm, the I'm so glad you went there because my first job was KFC. Oh, 14 wow. years old, working KFC, and there was a guy that would come in every single Tuesday... And it was like cheap chicken Tuesdays. It was Toonie Tuesdays, Toonie they called Tuesdays. it back then. Yes, it turned to yes. 222 Tuesdays. It was just ridiculous. This guy used to come in, and he used to get an order of, a, of two buckets of chicken, but he just wanted the skins in the bucket. That, I swear to God, so that existed. Who, whose job was it to peel off the skin? <laughs> I was a fry guy. I was like one of the number one fry guys, so I didn't, I didn't make it that far to be responsible for the chicken. Just the most disgusting story, but it's a true story nonetheless. But here's the thing. It got me thinking about, do you know what a grease lottery is? No, it's not. You don't know what a grease lottery is? Okay, I'm going to change your life now. But it's probably not a good idea for you. You might want to wait till you retire because it can be addicting and horrible for your body. But a grease lottery is a bunch of our buddies would get together and we would each come up. Usually there, you need about four at least four guys and everyone has three options so you name you, uh, three options to put on a piece of paper so you put your you know your your grease restaurant establishment whether whatever it be mcdonald's whatever and then you put the location on it so you have three different options and then everyone throws their options into a hat and and we pull it out individually and the last one is the one we all go to so it's disgusting but it's amazing because it puts a little bit of fun to it or whatever but i thought i thought about you know my favorite grease spots and what i like and i, I I personally, I mean, I have, a, I have a list. I'm not a McDonald's guy. I'll get a McDonald's guy maybe after the bar late at night. I definitely have that on my resume. But I'm a KFC guy. I absolutely love KFC. I think Splendido, uh, Burrito Splendido is now, like, the new fast food thing. But if you want to go traditional, you know, it's those, it's those, it's those greasy ones. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to get you to go on those ones. What's your favorite, what's your favorite grease grab? Uh, I, I'm a big McDonald's fan. Um, I love really? McDonald's. But, like, if I really want like a good, good greasy burger, um, and this is just being a, 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 a true Winnipegger, I like going to George's Burgers on St. Mary's. Um, double bacon cheeseburger, uh, Fat Boy. That's my go-to. Um, but I, honestly, I love pizza. I love burgers. I love fried chicken. I mean, any any time I'm, it's it's. I love it when I'm like tired after a game, like you know, a Toronto game. You get home. The next day, and you're just you're sore and you're tired, and uh, totally like my deadline, sim very yes, similar. To you yes. you moving the rock, absolutely, and then you know, just get that skip the dishes, which is amazing. Actually, I moved to Oak Bluff, and I just found out they don't uh, skip the dishes doesn't deliver to Oak Bluff, so I'm gonna have to get that uh, figure figured out. I gotta figure. So you selling the place or? <laughs> yeah, I gotta sell the place. No, I have to I have to actually get in my car and drive to, <laughs> to the establishment. And pick it up. Where do you have to beat them at the perimeter there at the lights? So much work, right? I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, uh, any any kind of grease food, but I, I love George's Burgers. Um, if I'm in a, if I'm in a time crunch and I want something quick, absolutely McDonald's. Uh, I'm a filet fish guy actually, which is like what? a lot of people. A lot of people they think exist. It's just, it's a lot of things are. Yeah, a lot of people think that's disgusting, but filet fish. It's disgusting. Double cheeseburgers, Big Macs. McDonald's breakfast is great too. I mean, oh. uh, man, I'm just uh, I'm I'm really a fat kid at heart. That's why I, that's why I fit on the O line so much. I think I just because I'm a I'm a big boy at heart, um, through and through. As, as, as far as as far as food comes is, is concerned, for sure. Um, I love I love love the grease. So, understanding what you can actually consume as in one human being, what would be your ultimate McDonald's order? Um, a Big Mac meal. Uh, 
or a quarter pounder meal, and I get like two double cheeseburgers on the side with no pickles. No pickles. I'm not a pickle fan either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that hey, that that's pretty greasy. That's not yeah. a bad one. I yeah. think it's. Uh, can you consume that? You think you could get that down? Easily. I mean, I was. I. I to be honest with you, I'll be honest with you. I'm. I'm debating on putting that in the podcast because I'm a little underwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, that's not enough. Well, maybe if you would have said, I mean, the filet fish piqued my interest because I thought, you know, I didn't. I didn't take you as a sociopath, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, to me, I think it's where. First of all, I think it's so much. I don't. I'm, I'm not debating that the filet fish is probably a tasty sandwich. For me, I think it's the leap to actually order one, then open the package and then actually take a bite out of it like do you remember that experience like what got yeah. you into filet of fishes my mom my mom got me <laughs> my mom used to think that everything at mcdonald's is gross except for filet of fishes so she would i think one time i ordered for her and she had already ate or something and i i just ate it and i was like wow this is actually amazing so uh man don't knock it till you try it next <laughs> next podcast i'm bringing some filet of fishes before we eat before we uh, pop this thing off and uh you're going to sit back and enjoy one, and we'll have a review, okay? We'll do a Jeff Hamilton review of the filet fish on a, on, a, on a five-star scale, okay? It's funny you say that because I was actually thinking about how many – I started uh, YouTubing yesterday. People do that. People review their, their burgers and stuff. And some people have a big following because I, I felt like there was a lot of attention when I put that out there, when I was put my vulnerable self out there and said, <laughs> look, this is, me, this is me at my worst. Uh, people gave a lot of feedback, so let's do that absolutely for sure. Let's also shift here because I know people – you're obviously a great football player, but you were you were a pretty darn good hockey player growing up too. And I think you'd argue you're still a, a pretty good hockey player. You still play you still play in in, in rec leagues, I think, in the in yeah. the summer. You still playing now? No, I don't play in this. I don't play during the season. That'd okay, be just right. crazy. Yeah, but, totally. Uh, but yeah, I still play. I still play the Highlander. Um, I go to Steinbeck once in a while. Or, uh, play with the with the country boys. But yeah, I can still skate pretty good and like to like to. It's it's a great cross trainer for me, so I enjoy getting it out, getting out of there. And honestly, like. I love football, but I really, really love hockey, and like I love playing the game. It's just the game where you can have so many different levels of uh, skill levels, um, age, um, age, sex, anything. You can just get out there and and, and, and can play and, and can still have a good time. So, um, and it's great to just I love going to outdoor rinks and stuff in the winter too. So. Um, and then the Jets games. I love going to the Jets games. Big Jets fan. So yeah, I think I that's where you kind of go. Well, no, I, this is where we're yeah. going. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 know, I you've, been at, you've been at the games. I see it. I've, I think I've seen you at a game. You, you post pictures. You, you went to all the playoffs. You follow when you're on the road. You went to Jets games. Yeah. You're obviously a big, big Jets fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, gotten to know some of the guys in the team, too. So um, when I when I first came back, it was, that was that was, I was really excited. I mean, I I got to I got to I got to be a truthful here. I grew up a, a Detroit Red Wings fan. I mean, the Jets, the Jets were gone when I was a young boy, and, and then, you know, I just fell in love with uh, the team that won all the cups. Yeah, Eisenman and Shanahan and, um, you know, all the, all the great things they were doing over there. So, I mean, I, I grew up a, a Detroit Red Wing fan, and I've now shifted the last, like, well, since I've been back, really, to become a, a you know, full-blown Jets fan. So, it's great that they're back. Talk about get meeting some of the guys. You know, are you are you boys with Buff? Both being thirty three, like how does that work? Because I know he's a you know he's very he's a very different guy with the media than he is in real life, and I know he likes to have a ton of fun. You both were thirty three, so you got a relationship with him, or? I mean, I've met him a few times, and we've like you know talked a bit, but uh, I mean, I'd love to go fishing with him, and you know, I know he likes to drink Jameson, and I'm a big Jameson fan, so we do have a lot of similarities for sure. I mean, the whole light skin light skin thing as well, thirty three. I mean, I, we're both kind of, uh, I mean, phys physical guys, you know. So I, th I feel like we'd have a good time together. So uh, I mean, hopefully, that, hopefully uh, yeah. I'm, I'm buff. Let's go. Let's go ice fishing, man. Let's go fishing. 
Let's hang out, Buff. We need to, we need to hang out more uh, when you get back to Winnipeg. So I'm going to call out Buff and see if he wants to go fishing. Well, I have no doubt he's listening to this podcast anyway, <laughs> so we're good. Uh, you probably He's probably thinking the exact same thing, just needed, like you at that point, or like me now, I need to take that leap to uh, to get the filet of fish. He'll take yeah. that leap, and you guys will go fishing. Maybe you guys will make your own filet of fishes one day. There you go. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to talk about Jacob Truba. And Jacob Truba is an interesting guy because, you know, he's been here for years. He just was in an arbitration process and things have gone awry but it got me thinking about contract negotiations and 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 going to the table like when you go to the arbitration table essentially the reports were that you know Jacob Truba's camp came in and said he's worth seven million dollars the Jets came back and said we believe he's worth four and and they split it right down the middle what what do you make of those processes I know it's a little bit of a different level obviously from the NFL to the CFL but you guys are still essentially making your case on you being this good and teams don't want to overpay you they want to get market value too what's that process like been for you over your career well i mean it's it just depends it's it's really hard to do it during the season and i mean a lot of that's what happened to me when i was in bc so uh wally offered me a contract like mid-season of having a great year and it it puts it puts yourself in a in a, in a tough spot because you know you're about to be a free agent so if you decline it or if you have any sort of friction, or you you know you ca- you counter with a higher number, I mean that that can ultimately affect your playing time and how they use you and and just the day to day stuff. So it it just it causes friction sometimes when you do during the season. But absolutely, I mean I think you 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 always you always look around the league and, and what guys are getting paid. I always think that most players have an inflated you know vision of what they're worth and but in a, in a sense you know you, you should you, you you know you realize how much you put out there and how much work you you put in and all the all the things you go throughout throughout a season and throughout a career so ultimately you want to get comp- compensated for that again it's a little bit different from the nhl to the cfl the nfl to the cfl um in, in a big way but uh i mean for for yourself i mean you you, you just gotta you just got to go with, with, with what you feel. And, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of guys get too caught up in the money and not more about, you know, the locker room or the community that they're in and how they fit in with everything. And, I mean, honestly, too, you, you, you're going to get paid this amount of money for a short period of time. Um, you know, maybe 10% or, thir- or 15% or 20% of your whole life will be, you know, playing professional sports. So you got to maximize that to the, the full potential, absolutely. But uh, I think a lot of guys, you know, ruin, ruin a good thing after asking too much for too much money or or going for places because they're getting paid a certain amount when it's when it's not going to be a good for, good fit for them a good fit you know within their system within the community within the locker room and it definitely it definitely can ruin a lot of careers based based off of you know just wanting more money or or, or trying to go where the grass is greener yeah, i'm glad you brought up wally because i know a couple guys uh who used to be in this league and <laughs> Both of them have a, a great story about how Wally just shifted them a, a deal that was like way under value, and and he's notorious for for being I don't know maybe blunt is the word maybe yeah, maybe you could say frugal is that was like do you get that vibe from him was that your experience and why didn't you take that deal midway through the season? Well, yeah, for me, I just felt like my value was higher than you know what what they had offered me, and 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 honestly, deep down inside, I I wanted I wanted to change. I mean, uh, I'd been there for seven years. I mean, eight if you include all the all the other stuff. You know, traveling back and forth, eight or nine years. I felt like the the team in a, in, a, in a, as a whole was just going in a direction where I didn't really fit in as well. And you know, I, I wanted I wanted to I wanted an opportunity to make a change, and I wanted to go to free agency. So I mean, it, it really didn't matter what they offered me initially. I knew it was going to be a lower ball because they, they were the one that first the, the uh, low ball offered because they were the first one to uh, to initiate everything. But uh, 
but yeah, it was it, it wasn't wasn't horrible, but I, I I made it made it seem like it was because I wanted to ultimately try to press as much and and, and try to you know squeeze it, squeeze it for all the juice. But uh, and it, it ended up just ca causing more friction and and you know ultimately it made the last half of the season you know more negative than it probably should have been because 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 of the contract negotiations. And again, it's 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 very risky to to enter negotiations through the season because. I mean, if it doesn't it doesn't start off well, then and and that's another thing too. Like everyone thinks like management's different than coaching, and and you know, but it's not. It's not some some cases, and and they know when you're you know you're not wanting to come back, or you know you're wanting more money, or they they, they can sense that and, and feel that, and and so can the players in the locker room. I mean, uh, it's it's not it's not hard to see. It's very easy to read, and um, and it just just causes problems for for the rest of the season. Players always say, "I leave it up to my agent." You know, my, I'll leave it with them. But I find I think that's I think that's baloney. Yeah, like you obviously, it's a scapegoat, absolutely scapegoat. You will obviously know where where negotiations are. You're yeah. talking to your agent constantly. You know what the dollar. You know what the exchange is. You know what they're saying. Every every conversation. Well, they, again, if you have a good agent, anyways, there's 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 a lot of guys out there who aren't good agents and you know don't do the right things. But uh, I'm not naming anyone, but. Um, but anyways, yeah, like it, every conversation, I mean, I mean, with my agent, every conversation that I've had with a contract negotiation or with anything for that matter is, you know, he'll call me first, confirm, you know, we want to go in this direction and, you know, okay, I'll call you back. Okay. Once that conversation is done, he calls you right back. And I mean, so they're updating you, emailing you, giving you all the details or they should be giving you all the details. So you're right up to speed. Um, and most of the things that are being talked about on those phone calls or in those meetings with your agent and management are things that you want, things that it's not. It's not the agent might be pushing certain players. Like, hey, yeah, we, we this this is what you're worth based on the market, or, and again, good agents. There's bad agents that go out and they go rogue, or they think that you're worth or so much more because they want to get paid more. So that's that's another that's another component to it is having a good agent that represents you well, represents what your brand is, what your what your vision is, and and you know what your voice is. So I mean, my my agent Dan Vertlieb, great guy. Um, been with him for, for my whole career, and uh, yeah, he's 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 definitely a guy that represents a lot of guys in the league as well. That uh, does a great job of communicating. Speaking of plugs, yeah. Dan Vertley for everyone yeah. who needs it. Maybe I'll get one if I get uh, if I start. Dan yeah, I need Dan Vertley. Dan, call me, eh? Because Dan's obviously listening to this too. <laughs> let's shift over to the trade. This will be our. I think this might be one of our last talking points. But let's talk about. It's like we can't go another, you know, another episode without talking about Johnny Football. So I'm going to bother you in this. But you know what? Big news. Big news dropped yesterday. Big trade between the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Montreal Alouettes. Great. You don't really see these kind of blockbuster trades in this league. So, you know, particularly when it involves a guy who's famous for being famous. So here's what it is. To Montreal, Hamilton trades Johnny Manziel, offensive tackle Tony Washington, offensive lineman Landon Rice. In return, Hamilton gets... Defensive end Jamal Westerman, wide receiver Chris Williams, and a first-round pick in not only 2020, but a first-round pick in 2021. Just your initial thoughts on that. <laughs> Hamilton really wanted Johnny Manziel. Or, sorry, Montreal wanted, really wanted Johnny Manziel. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, those are two veteran guys who are proven, and then two, two first-round picks. I mean, that's, that's big. I mean, the O line. I mean, from from Hamilton's point, I mean, they they lost they lost two two good O linemen and 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 a guy they weren't using. So I mean, I don't. I'm not really sure who won this one. I f I feel initially like like Hamilton won, but uh, I mean to lose two O linemen. I hope they got those those guys back up because those those are guys those are starters. Are they, are they not? Washington's a starter, so yeah. Rice isn't starter yet. Okay, yeah. I mean, so to lose a, to lose a starting offensive tackle, 
Um, I mean, but I mean to get Jamal Jamal Westerman and Chris Williams, and then like for the future, those two two first round picks are are massive. So, I mean, uh, I'm I'm gonna say Hamilton won this one um, for sure. But I mean, good for Johnny. He's getting an opportunity to play. Everyone's gonna be, you know, it's been what everyone's been waiting for. So, uh, I mean, hopefully those two linemen that they signed as well can help protect. Because I mean, that's 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 what seems like been the biggest problem problem in uh, in Montreal has been the protection and um, keeping those guys upright. So. I mean, uh, other, than, other than that, he might, he might be running for his life. But, uh, I mean, good, good for him, and uh, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Okay, so the way I describe it, I, I think Montreal lost their lunch money. I don't know what the de deal is with Kavis Reed, but how do you woo? I mean, we saw a tweet from Jamal Westman today saying... Yeah, he found on Twitter. Like, that's crazy. If I got traded or something like that and I found it on Twitter, I'd, I'd be going off. I'd be going off on Twitter. That, that's, that's when I lose my whole uh, my morals about doing things the right way i mean it's uh that's crazy that's crazy to me to find out on twitter and i mean I, it's 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 a guy's career it's it's where he lives he's now he's got a it's where he was he was wooed over the off season yeah. to come play with his brother yeah. and now that's he's great. shipped to hamilton we all know what hamilton's like compared to Ham to montreal city well hamilton's beautiful hamilton's a beautiful place it's beautiful from afar far yeah. from beautiful yeah but i mean I, yeah that's 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 crazy that's crazy to me um, I'm not too sure what's going on there in Montreal, but uh, I, I definitely don't don't think that you know finding out on Twitter about anything office related or, or career related is is good for anyone or, or good for business at all. So I mean, but again, yeah, I think uh, Montreal lost four really good players there. So uh, I mean, to, to gain to gain a guy you don't really know about, and I mean, obviously a, a good tackle as well as a starter. So I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. To me, it's a lose-lose because if, you know, or rather for Hamilton, perhaps selling Johnny Manziel, it is despite not having a single snap in the CFL regular season, you know, he's probably at his max height and value. I mean, if he does, if he if he comes out and, and what I think is going to happen, he's going to have a slow start. His value is only going to go down. Yeah. And if he does super well, well, see you later, Johnny. Like, he's probably going to head to the NFL. I mean, yeah. that's, it's kind of a, you know, a lose-lose in that situation. It's you, you look at you look at Jamal Westerman how he was treated. You know, finding over Twitter. I think it's I don't think that's kosher when it comes to to teams. Teams shouldn't be doing that. They should be letting guys know um, you know what's happening with the organization, where they're at, especially with all the effort that Cavis Reed put into to courting him there. But is it stupid for a, an organization to tell a guy, look, you're not like when I mean, we saw it with Demar Derozan in Toronto. He came out on Instagram and was all pissed off because Toronto traded him, and he was under the impression he was untouchable. Is it is there ever such thing as being untouchable in professional sports? I don't think so. I mean, everyone everyone has a certain value, and based on where the team is and their needs, that value can be exploited and 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 used to their to their advantage. So, I mean, I, th I think you're exactly right when you say you know Hamilton played this this amazing. Like they didn't they didn't get let the guy get in to to show how how well he could play or how how little he can play, right? So I mean, for for them. I mean, I think they won for sure, and this, and you know, yet to be seen how it all plays out. But yeah, it's 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 tough, man. Like knowing knowing when you're untouchable or feeling that way, or I, I don't I don't think a guy or a player should ever feel untouchable or be comfortable in that in that role because again, the, it's it's about the business, and and any businessman, any good businessman will will, will will sacrifice, you know, whatever they can to for the better good of their their business. So there's no different in sports. So um, you that, can never that must it. leave that must leave something that must leave an impression on players though when a guy goes, I just found over Twitter that I got traded. Yeah, I mean that's I wouldn't. 
as as a guy, if I was a free agent this year, or you know, if I, you know, years ago or whatever it was, and, and I and I saw a GM that was treating guys like that, I would I would think about that, and remember that, and being like, okay, that's how they treated a you know a guy like Jamal. I mean, so I mean uh, that'd be a, that'd be a place that I'd try to stay away from going forward. Um, and I think that's what that's what's gonna happen. I mean, like, if you mistreat players, lots of players go to places just because of how how the how the day to day and, and how the, how the front office and you know how the community is and you know that that those are big factors in, in, in getting players to come play for you. So I mean, when you when you're not treating players right and um, you know it's a small league, so word travels fast and you know Twitter and the internet's a big big place as well. So uh, I mean, those those things are definitely remembered and and uh, they definitely affect uh, you know things going forward. See, quite obvious that was a, long, a big haul for Johnny Manziel. I just think it's going to be an insane situation for him. He's going to a horrible team. You know, he's going to be relied on right away. They're not going to, you know, they've already been promoting him over Twitter. The biggest thing is he's going to the biggest party city in Canada, That's too. That's what I mean. <laughs> Anyone who's been to Montreal, it's just impossible. I'm sorry. I've gone there with with the best of intentions and <laughs> and and left with a you know with a personal promise to myself well I won't be back here for some time so so that's what I'm saying and if, and, I, and I certainly do not have the bankroll that that Johnny Menzel has but that's the worst part about this situation is that you know yes he's going to get some eyeballs in there but this has got so much potential to crash and burn and to just compound and compound on an organization who just has not only been you know, had so many issues on the field with, with, with such a lack of success, but it just seems to like, seems to gravitate to the to the headaches off the field too. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be feast or famine, um, and I think you love it. I think you love it. I think me, the media loves it. It's uh, again, it's a juicy story that you know. Um, so licking your chops over here. <laughs> I was gonna say I can't wait to misquote him. So we'll leave it at that. That's a wrap. Episode two of uh, of the handoff is in the books. Andrews, thanks so much again for doing this. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. See you guys soon.